You look around at your life right now, the results that are showing up in your world, whether it's having a hard time closing clients or they don't want to sign on until January or you're not happy with your body or your relationship's not exactly where you want it to be, all of that stuff is happening as a natural side effect of who you are, who you've decided you are, your beliefs, your values, your habits, what you do day by day and how you show up in the world. So I call that you version one. I'd like to keep it very simple in the explanation. If you then think about, and we often do this when we're on a, if you're on a, like a sales call, or what would you, what do you want? What, what would, what do you want your life to be like 12 months down the track? G'day, folks. Welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation Podcast, the podcast where we help WordPress consultants just like you take your WordPress business to the next level. My name is Troy Dean. I'm your host, and this week our feature guest is Nick County. He's based here in New South Wales in Australia. He is a sales psychology consultant and he is an NLP practitioner and teacher. We talk a little bit about why NLP has got a bit of a bad name over the years and Nick deals with that issue head on. Uh, We also talk a lot about mindset, how to overcome self-sabotage and how to overcome the imposter syndrome. This is a fascinating episode. I hope you've got your pens and your pad ready because there's lots of notes to take. And Nick is giving away an amazing free resource. If you head over to epicnlp.com slash elevate, that is epicnlp.com slash elevate, you can download an infographic and a two-hour training video where Nick will walk you through some of the NLP exercises he talks about in this episode. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Nick County. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favour to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to a live recording of our podcast. We are live streaming this into the Facebook group and I'm very pleased to have with me this week on the show my good friend Nick County. Hey Nick, how you doing? Good Troy, how are you mate? I'm very good. Thank you for joining. This has been a long time coming. I was just saying off camera that our schedules haven't been kind to us, but I'm glad that we finally got to do this. Uh, So thank you for making some time. Now, for those that don't know you, who is Nick County and what is it that you do? Uh, That's changed significantly over the years. At the moment, um, for, for the last decade or so, I've focused really intensely on becoming the world's best NLP trainer. So mm. my wife and I run a company uh, from Wagga Wagga, not too far from you in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and we deliver, we're pioneers in that field. We deliver all of our training online uh, before anyone else was doing that. We did live online training and we built um, an entire suite of programs around helping people achieve rapid mindset change. So getting over emotional blocks and all those kind of things. And then we create some other niche programs within there, like stuff based on um irresistible influence skills and presentation skills, but the core of it's always been rapid mindset change. Mm. Um, We're going to dig into that in a deep way uh, because there are, there's lots of, I mean, we could just sit here for weeks unpacking this stuff, couldn't we? (laughs) It is a deep, deep rabbit hole. Um, uh, So how how did we connect, by the way? I'm just trying to think about this before. All I remember is that I got a Facebook messenger from you saying, hey, dude, you're in Sydney, Uh, we should catch up and have dinner. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I don't know much about you, but why not? Let's Let's do do that. that. (laughs) Yeah, so how how did we come across each other? I, you know, I was actually scratching my head trying to think about that before uh, before we jumped on, and I'm pretty sure that first of all, we've got a ton of mutual friends in the digital marketing world. Yeah. Um. So kind of cross paths online a bunch of times, and I think the first time we met in person was at uh, Greg Cassar's seminar. You were speaking there, and That's I was right. there doing some stuff with Greg on the side. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I loved your presentation. Came up and told you. I remember it's coming back to me now. I after that, I downloaded a te- a, your uh, your twenty k website proposal template, That's right. and uh, just on a whim to test it out. Oh, that looks cool. I don't design. I don't do websites. And, um, I had a client who just asked me if I would build a site for them because even though I don't do it, I've got all the skills, and I had no idea what to put in a proposal. Saw your ad up on Facebook, downloaded it, sent it out. And closed a $33,000 deal by text message. That's right. Um, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's how we met. That's right. I, I remember. That's coming back to me now. That's awesome. I, I love it when uh, one, of, one of our students said recently, the best way you can pay back people that you learn from is to let them know that their stuff works. And I love closing the loops. I love seeing the stuff getting used in the wild. That's awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about – I, I want to kind of set a bit of context here, right, because – it's a busy world. There's lots of noise coming at us every day. Uh, it's very difficult to know what we should be paying attention to, and it's very difficult to, to kind of cut through the clutter. So I want to set a bit of context here. Uh, two parts of this question, really. Why is mindset something that we should be – now, I know the answer to this question, but I'm kind of teeing you up here. Why is mindset something that we should be paying attention to? And what do you say to those people that think it's just a whole bunch of woo-woo stuff that you know is kind of fluffy and doesn't really matter thanks for the for the setup because you know exactly where i'm going to go on this <laughs> so to the first part of the question why should we bother with this if you don't have your mindset in the right place you're going to self-sabotage massively and everyone's done it you've got some work that you need to be doing and instead you're playing around on facebook or you make another cup of tea that you don't really need or whatever it happens to be you you just keep binge watching netflix right what what i've found over the it's probably 12 years now that i've been teaching what i teach is that people really come to me to solve three big problems the first one is they're not confident enough right so this kind of goes both ways. You, on, on one side, you've got fear, and on the other side, you've got confidence, which is the solution to fear. Mm-hmm. The next big problem is the flip sides are procrastination and discipline. Everyone thinks that it's motivation that you need, but motivation runs out. It's like it's like fuel in your gas tank. What do you use once you're not motivated and you've still got a ton of work to do? That's where discipline kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third thing that people come to me for is to become ridiculously influential and that's a that's a personal obsession and a hobby of mine i'm really passionate about that so Mm. if we look at the positive sides possible confidence discipline and influence are the three big things that i've been helping people for 12 years to master in their lives so that's why we should do it right because if you don't if you don't have the confidence that um let's talk about someone in the context of wp elevation sure you're out there pitching um, WordPress consulting services, whether you're, you're building or the, all the other stuff that you guys do, and you're going to use the 20K template, you don't have the confidence to actually close the deal and ask for the money, you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to get in your own way, and mm. then there's there's hundreds of thousands of dollars left on the table. Mm. I see it all day, every day with my high-level coaching clients. You probably do too, mm-hmm. right? The next one, discipline, why do we need that? Well, that one's pretty obvious so that you're not there – checking Facebook all day when you should be typing emails or building funnels or whatever it is that you need to do. And influence is super important because even if you get to the point where you have the opportunity to be either, um, you know, attracting new clients, converting new clients or delivering to your existing clients, if you can't do that in an influential way, they'll go off to someone who can. Mm. So that's why we should. (laughs) And then how or why is it not all fluff? In all honesty, the way that the vast majority of people teach this stuff, it is ridiculously fluff-filled, and um, it drives me crazy. It's one of the reasons I stepped away from all the established bodies in the industries that that uh, I dealt with. You know, uh, and, and neurolinguistic programs, so NLP, hypnosis. I was actually on the on the board of directors for the Australian Board of NLP for twelve months. And um, it drove me nuts. Like I, I was, uh, <laughs> I was probably a bit of an outcast. I was suggesting that we use the internet to to do things, and they thought that was crazy. Wow. So I just went, I cut ties and went ahead and did it myself. Um, and now, ten years later, they're all starting to do the things that I was doing a decade ago. Mm. So you know, it just makes sense. You you see this before it happens. So. Mm. 
The big problem I have is there's so much fluff in the way that most people teach it. NLP had a really bad, bad reputation for a long time. I remember when you and I had dinner in Sydney, mm. um, you, you even told me, love, in your experience, in your opinion, NLP has always kind of been seen as a little bit full of bullshit, mm. you know? Yeah. It's always, it's always been perceived in the circles that I move in, and I actually know this not to be true now, but the circles that I've always moved in, it's always been perceived as kind of like this shady thing that salespeople use to try and trick you into buying shit you don't need. And I, I just love to debunk that myth because I know there are people that are listening to this podcast right now that probably feel the same way. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's not debunk it. Let's say that absolutely that's how it got a bad reputation. <laughs> right. Right. Because it can be used for that. Right. There are a lot of people out there who learn some extremely basic aspects of NLP mm. and then go out and try and manipulate people into um, – there's there's, whole, there's like niches around this. There's people who try and manipulate people into buying stuff they don't need. There's people who try and use NLP to manipulate women into bed mm. and on and on and on. And And I can't stand any of that stuff. It's ridiculous. The reality is it's really just – um, a collection of tools and techniques that you can use to help yourself and help other people. I think the 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 fundamental there's two kind of fundamental principles, and they build on each other. The first one is influence, mm -hmm. which is the ability to influence other people, being a more persuasive communicator. Mm. And that's the part that got the bad rep, right? When used wrong. Mm -hmm. The other pillar would be influencing yourself. So what do you do when you are procrastinating. What do you do when you need to get up on stage and give a presentation, but you're scared shitless and you really need to be able to, um, you know, if, if it was possible for you to click your fingers and go into a state of unshakable confidence, get up there and, and rock the stage for an hour, mm. that'd probably be life changing. And that's the kind of thing you can do with the techniques that I teach. So mm. the fluff component drives me nuts. And uh, I mean, you, I gave you a copy of my book when mm. we had dinner, it's called Seven Minute Mindset. Mm. The whole premise of that book is a lot of these techniques are 20, 30, 40 minutes long because they're full of fluff. And I just cut all the fat out of them and found that you can get it all done in seven minutes or less, put my approach into a book and uh, very popular with a certain subset of the industry and very unpopular with another. So, mm. But I don't care because I'm, I'm a pragmatist. I'm, all I'm interested in is results. Mm. And I think there's, there has been a lot of kind of mistruths or misunderstandings about NLP too because I think – uh, Tony Robbins has been kind of lumped in the NLP bucket for years, and yet I heard him recently say that he, he doesn't consider himself an NLP practitioner. He doesn't actually actively use NLP, but he's kind of been tarred with that kind of, you know, shady, manipulative brush yeah. that NLP had for a while. Yeah, absolutely. He he, he, he definitely copped it. He, I mean, he... Um he knows NLP, he's trained in NLP, he does use it, but he's also trained in a who knows how many other yeah. things. He pulls them all together into his own unique approach. Mm. I do something similar. My background before NLP was um, I spent about 15 years in clinical practice as an acupuncturist and a Chinese herbalist. Mm. So my approach to NLP is very different to someone who – um, you know, had a fear of spiders, went to an introductory workshop, had their fear of spiders cured and then decided that they were going to go and change the world, you know. I've got a, ver a very different way of, of uh, understanding and thinking about this. I've got a health science degree and 15 years of clinical experience. So um, it makes only sense that I'm, I'm not going to be very interested in the hype-filled approach. Mm. You know, I'm way more interested in how can we use this stuff pragmatically and practically mm. to get what we want out of life. So someone's sitting in their car, they're about to go into a, a meeting, they know that there's potentially 10 or 15 or 20 or $40,000 on the table in this project that they're, that they're pitching for and their palms start to sweat and they start to doubt themselves and the imposter syndrome starts to kick in and they think that they're up against a big agency and they, don't, they kind of lose, you, you can get lost in your own head, right? How do you just? I mean, I know we can't. You know, it's impossible to do like an NLP thing right here. But I'm just trying to. Yep. I'm just trying to communicate how NLP is beneficial in a moment like that to put you into a state where you feel confident and you feel calm and relaxed, rather than letting the anxiety get the better of you. Sure, I'll, I'll actually talk you through really quickly 
the framework behind one of the techniques okay. that would allow you to just completely handle that situation. There's a bunch of different techniques, but there's one in particular that I find really useful. And different NLP schools give it all kinds of different names. The name from psychology is associative conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the same kind of principles as the Pavlov's dog kind of stuff where you ring the bell and the dog salivates, right? Mm. Uh, In NLP, they call it anchoring. Mm -hmm. I prefer the term associative conditioning and leave the NLP terminology behind. I do that a lot with the techniques. Mm -hmm. The basic idea is second by second, you're in, in NLP terminology, you're in a state, which is a combination of what you think how you feel and what you do. Those three things combined is is what we term state, right? Mm. You can change your state second by second just like that. Mm. Like if you were um, – this is, this is an awesome little exercise I do when I'm teaching live. If you were feeling down or sad or something along those lines, you held your arms up above your head, looked up and smiled – it's virtually impossible to feel sadness in that in that body language position because how you use your physiology and your emotional state are inextricably linked, mm. right? So you're in the car, you're about to go in, you're up against these agencies, it's all going on in your head. What do you do? The, the thoughts that are going through your mind are going to be triggering a specific chemical cocktail of hormones into your body, which is producing your emotional state. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is close your eyes and remember a time when you felt confident. This is the first step. Remember a time when you felt confident. Mm. If you can vividly remember one, that's fantastic. Because in order of powerfulness, a state that's naturally occurring, right? Like if um, you got a son, right, from memory? Yeah, yeah. Yep. If he came running in the room right now and gave you a hug, you'd go into a naturally occurring state of joy or something along those lines. Well, actually, I'd freak out because he's only 14 you'd, months yeah. old. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that was quick. <laughs> you'd go into a naturally occurring state of what the hell just happened, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, so when it's naturally occurring, that, that's 100% experience. Yeah. You, your brain can't tell the difference between something that's real and something that's vividly imagined. Mm. Um, sometimes people have a hard time wrapping their head around what I mean. We live in Australia, snakes everywhere, right? Mm. If you're afraid of snakes, you walk out into your backyard, you're not really paying attention, and you see the hose and oh, it's yeah. in a bit of an... Yeah? <laughs> totally. Your brain says snake, you have the same physical reaction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It can't really tell the difference. So we can use that to our advantage. If you can vividly remember a time when you felt confident... By accessing that memory, you will begin to access the emotional state of confidence, just Mm -hmm. a tiny little bit. That's the associative part, right? Mm -hmm. Then we can condition your nervous system and your endocrine system, so nerves and hormones, to begin to re-access that state and pump it up and make it stronger and stronger. The simplest way to do this, your subconscious mind the language of your mind is essentially symbolism and emotions, right? So if we combine the two, your eyes are still closed, you remember the time when you feel really confident, and just notice where in your body you feel that confidence. Mm. You'll find that you can usually isolate it to a location, like it might be your chest area, right? Yep. If you then imagine that that feeling had a color, and let's say confidence for you was uh, like, what color would you pick just off the top of your head? Probably green. Green. Okay. With your eyes closed, you imagine that that green color full of confidence grows and spreads progressively throughout your entire body Mm. until it fills up your entire body. You will be in a a state of confidence so ridiculously strong that you can then get out of the car, walk in and go in and do the meeting. There are things we can add on top of this to make it even stronger, but that's the basics of what we call state elicitation and then association and conditioning. I love it. You know, this is my wife's a psychologist, right? So we talk about kind of managing your emotional state all the time. I'm quite a highly strung, naturally anxious kind of guy, right? I'm always sort of in the back of my mind, sort of worried about things, right? There's always things that are kind of occupying my mind. So I have a natural high energy and my wife's always walking me through basic kind of mindfulness exercises to just kind of get out of my head and into my body. The thing I like about this exercise though is it actually gives your consciousness something to do while you're getting out of your mind and getting into your body. And Mm. 
I mean, it's all very well to say, well, you know, just sit in the car and take a breath and practice a mindfulness exercise for a few minutes, but that doesn't actually stop your thoughts from racing. This is, this, for me, this is something that I could definitely see myself doing. And I, I could feel, as you were walking me through it, actually, I was remembering this morning, we ran a, a fantastic webinar that I felt great about the presentation. We closed some sales. It was all good. I walked upstairs and I was high-fiving the gang upstairs and I felt really confident. And I was just thinking about that as you were walking me through it. And I felt myself become a little bit lighter just in that very, very quick moment. So uh, I really like the the tactical aspect of that exercise. It's not woo-woo at all, actually. It's quite a practical thing to do, right? Yeah, it's extremely practical and it, it's very fast. Mm. If you Where this becomes, this is the probably the first uh, four or five steps of the, of the technique that in NLP is typically called anchoring. Mm-hmm. And to go the rest of the way towards the formal technique, what you do after you've spread this color with the feeling throughout your entire body is then you use self-suggestion, right? If it's if someone else is helping you, they'd be the ones giving you suggestions. But if you're doing it yourself, you just give yourself what's called auto-suggestion, which is something like there's all kinds of conversational um, hypnotic language patterns that, that are very, very quickly cause things to happen in your unconscious mind. There's like you know, we know we know this from copywriting. It's like if you put an if-then statement, if mm. you're looking for this, then this is going to solve the problem. Mm. You can use these kind of simple fill-in-the-blanks kind of uh, sentences with yourself to give yourself suggestions. For example, with every breath that I take in, this feeling gets twice as strong, and every time I breathe out, it doubles in intensity again. So you're sitting there, you've got this color everywhere. And just saying this to yourself in your head, every time I breathe in, this gets twice as strong. And you'll actually feel it happen. Mm. I can feel it tingling down my spine right now mm. just because I've done this so much over the last decade. Mm. Just by closing my eyes and saying this out loud, I'm having a physical reaction. Mm. Right? The next step is once it reaches a peak intensity, you can lock this into some kind of trigger that you can use to bring back that emotional state anytime you like. This is very, very interesting. It needs to be something that is simple that is memorable and easily repeatable. Mm. For example, and also something that you don't, it's not common, you don't do all the time. Um, for example, I might never pull twice on both earlobes at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Now, that would work as a trigger. I can lock that sensation in, and then when I go into the meeting, I could do this again. But maybe I don't want to be standing there in front of the room full of people. Just hang on a sec, guys. I just need to pull on my earlobe. So... <laughs> I like to try and think of things that are going to going to just fit into my life. Mm. Before I get on stage and I do a lot of speaking, I've anchored a state for myself of uh, confidence and clarity. So I'm extremely confident and I know that what I'm what I say is going to come out very very clearly to I clap my hands and I rub them four or five times. Now I'm doing this softly now so I don't go into that state and start going into stage nick, right? Yeah. Um, but you just pick something like that. It might be that you you clap your hands twice, you click both fingers at the same time. It could be as simple as touching your thumb and your little finger together. That's mm. a great discreet one. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to hold it for like three seconds. And that's enough for conditioning to condition the nerves. Um, we, we, we can probably go into the science of that another time. But sure. basically, you do something like this and it causes it to happen again bring that state back the next time you're in. Yeah, it's, you, like a you, ner- it's like a nerve memory. So when you're doing the exercise for the first time or once you've got yourself into that state and you've, and you've become confident at doing that exercise and getting yourself into that state, then you start bringing in these little triggers that can actually just trigger it quite quickly just later on. Just trigger it straight yeah. away. Yeah, that's right. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because um, I, I, I was talking to the guys this morning in the office and I said, you know, I realised last night, I was lying in bed last night and I thought, you know what, the thing that we actually, and a mutual friend of ours, Taki Moore, has been telling me this for a long time now. He said, as a coach, what you actually deliver is confidence, right? And I was laying in bed last night and I realized our sweet spot is taking these WordPress freelancers who have ended up accidentally in business, right? They know how to build websites. They know how to design logos. They know how to design whatever it is they do, but they, they're not really business people and they end up in business by accident. And we're our sweet spot is giving them the confidence to run an actual business using the skills that they have. And so this, what we've just talked about, I can see will give them an instant lift in getting over those anxieties and that imposter syndrome stuff. And I think the imposter syndrome is so prevalent because they are accidental business people. They haven't gone to business college. Absolutely. They haven't done an MBA and they feel a little bit out of their depth. 
So once they've got that confidence up, how do we then, and I was just checking out in the interest of complete transparency, checking out your LinkedIn profile before we got on here, and I noticed that you're doing some work in the uh, in the lawyer's niche, um, which is obviously one of those things that you were talking about, how you've, you've, you've kind of taken your overall framework and then packaged it up into other niche products. How do you then use mindset, whether it's NLP or whether it's some other technique, how do you then use that to become influential? Because this is also for me, a lifelong passion because I realize, and a lot of people might think, well, you know, why do you want to be influential, Troy? You just want to convince people to buy your shit. The truth is, if you've got a great product that actually helps people, you're doing them a disservice by not influencing them enough to buy it and get the benefits from it. So it pains me when people don't buy our program or engage in our services because I feel like I've let them down because I haven't made the case, right? I mean, we're fine either way. Whether you enroll in the program or not, it's entirely up to you. We're doing fine. The business is good, in a good place. But I feel like I've let them down in some way. So how do – and I've I've always struggled to – there's this dance between being influential and being authentic, and I think that's a real – block for me. So, uh, Nick, I'm just basically looking for some free coaching here, mate. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and disguising it as so, a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, uh, ooh, where do we start on that one? So, uh, let's tackle just that, that concept of influence really quickly. And like, why would you want to do it? You just want to sell more shit, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I want to sell more shit. I've got no problem with that. Mm. That's how I feed my family, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and one of the things that is really important, I'd, I'd also call myself an accidental business owner 20 years ago. Mm. You know, I, I didn't want to um, – basically, I studied massage therapy and then figured out that I needed to charge people money for it or I'd just get tired for free. Yeah. And uh, went on and on and on, just kind of stumbled my way forward into what I'm doing now and had to learn business and marketing and sales along the way. And being broke is no more fun or spiritual than being wealthy. So it's uh, 100%. There's no, there's, you, you can't feed your family, you know, on uh, hopes and dreams. So mm. <laughs> being able to communicate what you do in a way that matches the way the person you're talking to needs to understand it in order to know if it's right for them or not. You can do that and still be authentic without manipulating anyone. Mm. Yeah. And do that in a way that's more likely to have them convert if they are in fact the right client. Mm. So that's, that's fine when it comes to, you know, sell more shit. Um, if people try and use it for the wrong reasons and just manipulate and close everyone, it, these days there's so much available information. It doesn't even really work all that well. Mm. And if it does, you just get a bunch of refunds, you know, it's yeah. like, or a bad reputation or you get bitched about on social media. It's not even worth that. I, I kick people out of my courses. I haven't had to do this for a decade, but if someone comes with the wrong intention, they get the, the boot pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so where to from there? Let me think about what's, what's a, Help me out. What's the what's the next uh, logical part of this you want to tackle? So, so, conversation. so I was talking to one of our Mavericks members. I was talk, I was talking to one of our Mavericks members this morning who said she's got this fantastic product. She's got this great program. She knows it works. She's got years of success stories with clients, but she's really crap at getting people to take action now. So she's got five hot prospects who want to sign up in January. She's like, that doesn't help me now. I want you to sign up now because <laughs> I need the cash flow now. So. How do how does she become more influential when she is battling imposter syndrome and self doubt, which she is, I know, because we've had this conversation. How does she get through that to to influence someone to take action now and not say, "Oh, we'll do that in January"? Sure. There's a bunch of different ways to answer this question. One is she could learn some specific influence skills, but and it's a big but unless she fixes the imposter syndrome stuff, mm. it's probably not going to make a difference yeah. because it's just going to be another thing in the toolbox of stuff that she self-sabotages on when it comes time to do whatever's not happening now to get people to take action. Yep. In um, my, my uh, NLP practitioner level program, 
Um, we we brand everything so it's not just NLP, and there's there's a good reason for people to go through it because what what's NLP anyway, right? It's mm-hmm. confusing to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So our NLP course is called Epic, which stands for Extreme Personal Improvement Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that name gets a lot more across than neurolinguistic programming. So the idea being, and the way I explain it to people when they're looking to join my program, this is what I'd be saying to this woman: you look around. Um, you're probably not the best example of this, but who knows? Maybe you've got awesome goals as well, right? So let's let's tackle this as if we're talking to that client of yours. Sure. You look around at your life right now. The results that are showing up in your world, whether it's having a hard time closing clients, or they don't want to sign on until January, or you're not happy with your body, or your relationship's not exactly where you want it to be, all of that stuff is happening as a natural side effect of who you are, who you've decided you are, your beliefs, your values, your habits, what you do day by day, and how you show up in the world. So I call that you version one, right? I like to keep it very simple in the explanation. If you then think about, and we often do this when we're on a, if you're on a, like a sales call, or what would you, what do you want? What, what would, what do you want your life to be like 12 months down the track? Mm. And people are happy to say, well, I want clients who sign up on the spot instead of saying they're going to wait six months. I want to be in better shape. I want a better relationship. I want to be making $100 million a year, whatever it is, right? Mm. There is a type of person out there for whom the level of results that you want right now is coming to them fairly easily. It's just mm. the world around them as a natural side effect of who they are, what they do, and how they show up in the world. So it's possible, right? What you need to do is figure out what's the difference between that version two of you and version one, and it's usually less about, about, uh, how can we put it, less about more and more about less, right? So Mm. it's less about becoming more, doing more, learning more, and it's in 80 to 90% of cases, it's more about figuring out what's in the way on a mental and emotional level, like self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, fear of failure, uh, not feeling worthy of making the kind of money that you want to make. And these are the the big ones that come up over and over again for me. Mm-hmm. And then using specific tools to get those obstacles out of the way so that you can become that person and have those results show up in your life as a side effect of who you are, what you do and how you're showing up in the world. And sometimes when I explain that people, they immediately put it in the box of law of attraction. Oh, they just, I've just got to think about it and hold a positive intention in my mind. And what you think about comes about. I rip into that pretty intensely because I think it's largely bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. The key ingredient is action. Figure out who you need to be, figure out what's in the way, and then remove that stuff. Yeah, right? exactly. And then, then it's much more likely to, ha- to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and so one of the one of the big conversations we have here is about imposter syndrome all the time. And, 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 and again, in the interest of complete transparency, as a coach, <clears throat> I'm actually sometimes at a loss with how to communicate and how to get our members over that imposter syndrome because at the end of the day, Um, It's all very well to, and as I said, and again, my wife is a psychologist and she said to me one day, she said, well, the more time you spend talking to your members about imposter syndrome, the more oxygen you're giving to imposter syndrome and the more power you're giving to it. And I said, yeah, but I don't have any tools to help them get over imposter syndrome other than to talk to them and normalize the experience and let them know that it's perfectly okay and that they should just feel the fear and do it anyway, which which works for some people. But for a lot of people, they are paralyzed by this fear that keeps them stuck on you know on the ground level and stops them actually elevating up the elevator pardon the pun and so what <laughs> yeah. you're suggesting here is that there are actually practical tools and things that you can use to help not only overcome those fears but just get them out of the way so that you can actualize version 2 of yourself exactly that's in my program I teach that start to finish over 12 weeks right mm-hmm. so we've got a we've got a 12 week online course that's the practitioner level mm-hmm. we've got an advanced level which is another 12 week online course in total there's probably off, off the top of my head there'd be between 30 and 40 individual techniques mm-hmm. you need to know when to apply each one so this is where the clinical background comes in 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 um in medical terms, we'd call this diagnosis, mm-hmm. right? If you yep. can't diagnose the problem, you can't possibly prescribe the right treatment. Yeah. 
And although in terms of NLP, it's not really diagnosis. In terms of coaching, it's not really diagnosis. I'd steer away from using that term because of the medical connotations. Mm -hmm. If you can't clearly articulate what the problem is, it's going to be very difficult to find the right solution. And where it gets a little bit tricky for people, even when they go through my trainings, is that there are often five possible solutions to the one problem and how do you know which one to use? Everyone wants to know. This is the question I get asked on our on our at my weekly Q and A coaching call with all of my members: is what's the best technique for? And then insert problem here, right? And my <laughs> my answer sometimes drives them nuts because the answer is it's the technique that gets the result. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so with the imposter syndrome, there's absolutely a range of different things you can do but it's going to be unique to that person and their specific circumstances. Mm. That's awesome. Um, now, so, so, you know, getting, so the answer is the way to become more influential is to um, get your, the things that are inhibiting you and the things that are holding you back, get them out of the way. I've been kind of not, not studying, but I've been learning a little bit and, and kind of reading up a little bit on intentional living over the last few months and what I've learned. Uh, and so on a tactical level, I'm doing, trying to do more of less, right, and less more. So, like, I'm just switching yep. stuff off. I'm saying no to things. I'm just letting fires burn because they're not important and I'm trying to think about um, – I use, I use visualisations a lot, so I'm trying to visualise what I want my life and the business to look like in 12 months' time and I'm trying to move towards that on a daily basis. And it is a daily practice. Some days I lose. Some days you eat the bear. Some days the bear, he eats you, right? Um, so – getting that out of the way, and then are there any specific communication techniques that we should be thinking about when we are having a conversation with someone to get them to do the thing that we want them to do? Or does that stuff just happen naturally as a result of getting the other stuff out of the way? It doesn't It doesn't happen naturally as a result. You know, before we said it's like um, it's more about less and less about more, mm. yeah, which it's the first time I've ever said that. It's a pretty cool line. I'll be remembering yeah. that one. You can have that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. The way that, uh, that I usually explain this is there's two types of change, right? There's remedial change, which fixes problems. So we go from below zero back to zero. And then there's generative change, which is where you, you build. So you're adding learning, adding more resources and skills. And that's where learning influence comes into play. I mentioned a couple of times I used to be a Chinese medicine practitioner. So when it comes to learning influence, it doesn't immediately connect in people's minds. That why does acupuncture make you more influential? And the reason is the, the way that I go about figuring things out, creating models, putting programs together, is I use a process that that is the foundation of Chinese medical diagnosis called Bian Zheng, which is pattern identification. Mm. We've got very in-depth training on, on pattern recognition and pattern identification. There's 10 unique diagnostic systems in Chinese medicine, and they all have this same fundamental principle underneath them. When I got into business for myself and started creating online courses, I found that this this process of pattern identification allowed me to create outstanding processes that were cross-contextual, like they work in multiple different um, industries and areas. And for the past 12 months, coming back to the LinkedIn profile, right, I've been focusing intently on creating, uh, like figuring out, cracking the code of influence um, and I believe I've done it, I've created outstanding programs on that as well, focusing specifically on the legal niche, mm-hmm. uh, but it applies to everyone. And that what I've found is um, the most, in the most basic level, there's four steps to, to influencing anyone. All right? uh, one of my websites is called Influence Fast. I've got a range of programs around that. And FAST is an acronym for the four steps, so it makes it easy to remember. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you've got to do is focus their attention. So that's what F stands for, focus attention, right? Now, there's a million different ways to do that. I could say, oh, is that a spider behind you on the wall? And then all of a sudden, you're going to, that's focused your attention, right? Um, that's a poor way to do it, but we want to grab someone's attention. Once you've focused their attention, if you actually want them to take action, the A stands for access emotions, mm. okay? Because as we know, this is a, a fundamental principle of marketing and behavioral psychology. People make decisions emotionally and then justify them logically. Yeah, 100%. Okay? Yep. So we grab their attention, focus attention. 
then access their emotions. There's a range of ways to do that. We could use um, language to have them remember a certain emotional state. Mm-hmm. There's ways to do this that are that are, it's quite a high level skill, but you could do it um, to like if I, if I begin talking about the the um, webinar you did earlier today where you made those sales and things, just the exposure to that memory again is going to begin to access the emotion of confidence that you had at the end, right? So that's one very basic way of access emotions. S stands for seed potential, Mm -hmm. right? So there's... um, when I'm teaching, I've, I've got 50 to 60 fill-in-the-blanks influential language patterns, which are essentially conversational hypnotic sentences where if you put your content in the middle of one of these sentences, it bypasses the critical faculty of the conscious mind and goes directly into the unconscious, which makes it highly influential. Mm-hmm. Okay, So I might say something like, uh, let's say I was trying to sell um, a web design package and at the same time, I'm trying to, I know they're comparing me against someone else and I'm trying to reposition the opposition. I might use uh, an influential language pattern, which the fill in the blanks goes like this. It's not important A, what's important is B. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's so much going on just in that one line, but it'd come out like this. So you're my prospect, right? I'm like, look, Troy, really, um, it's not important that you choose the package that is absolutely the right one for you. What's important is that you don't make the wrong decision. Okay. And when I'm gesturing here, I might be, I'm putting, push, putting away, I might be pointing at, uh, at the document they have on the table that mm-hmm. they got from the other vendor or whatever it happens to be. It's called holographic gesturing, it's more advanced skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that's an example of influential language. And then T, so we've got focus attention, mm-hmm. F. A is access emotions, S is seed potential, T is trigger the response. Mm-hmm. Okay, so F-A-S-T. And how do you trigger the response? Again, there's a range of different ways to do it. If you've set anchors with them, you can trigger those anchors off, right? You can do that linguistically. Perhaps you got them into a good state uh, and you tap them on the shoulder and later on you reach out, pat them on the shoulder and go, so which, you know, do you want to sign the paperwork? And you tap them on the shoulder on the same spot, brings that good feeling back. Mm. You're using specific language patterns. This is, this is at the same time, very easy to learn and very difficult to master. Yeah. yeah? yeah. But that's the, underment- the, the underlying framework of an influential interaction. Mm. Focus attention, access emotions, mm-hmm. see the potential and trigger the response. Mm. Nice. I like it. And um, access the emotions. Uh, can be just as simple as asking them, how do you feel about the current state of the business? Absolutely. (laughs) Which is something something (laughs) that I learned early on is that most people are afraid of even asking that because they feel like they're probing a little bit or it might be a bit too personal, but it's a really powerful question. For sure. I mean, and we're talking, I mentioned maybe you're trying to reposition the opposition and have them see your competition as less helpful, right? it's a it's a standard in any sales training to ask. Um, are you considering any other vendors in the you know in the in your decision making process? A lot of people, or however you want to word that, a lot of people shy away from that because they don't want to ask and hear yes, yes, I am considering two or three other people. Mm. That's a fantastic opportunity to then access emotions and ask, what do you like? Right? What th- this is this is kind of ninja level skills here. Mm-hmm. What do you like about um, Bob's web design services. Mm-hmm. In order for them to answer you, they need to think about what they like. Thinking about what you like brings up positive emotions. That gives you an opportunity to condition that positive emotional response to you. Yeah. Got okay. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you ask, and is there anything that you don't like or anything that you feel that's missing? Again, to answer the question, they'll access the emotions related to not liking, and you can anchor that to another trigger or, or uh, you know, it could be a piece of paper or something like that. You might have two pieces of paper in your hand, and every time you talk about Bob's web design services, you wave the one in the in your right hand. 
anything you don't like about Bob's web design services, mm. right? And then later on, when you want to talk about all the things you're not going to do, you don't even need to mention that vendor, just wave that piece of paper again, mm. okay? Got very, it. very subtle ways of using these techniques, extremely mm. powerful. How long does it take someone to <clears throat> sort of learn a little bit about NLP and then be able to practice it in the wild without looking like, you know, a circus clown? <laughs> Yeah, because I takes... imagine there's I imagine there's a bit of practice <laughs> that goes on before you can try this stuff in the wild. Absolutely, yeah. It, it the the only way um, the only way to get any good at it is to practice, mm. right? And so I think of this in terms of the way my Brazilian jiu jitsu instructor it keeps everyone motivated. He says every time every time you show up to training and step on the mats, you're improving just because you've done that. Yeah. So. You read a book, watch a video, you know, listen to an audio, listen to some podcasts, attend a course, whatever it is, practice in micro chunks the things that you've learned. Mm. I'm, I'm always telling my clients to do something like pick one technique or one principle or one language pattern and write it down on, the, on a little piece of paper or the back of a business card and just carry it with you for a week. Take the pressure off yourself to be a master in in the next uh, you know seven days. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But you can progress, mm. right? And over time, incremental progress all adds up. It's like compounding interest. Yeah, hundred yeah? percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> hey, just quickly, while we've got a little bit of time left, I want to talk about a conversation that we had um, over dinner um, in Sydney. You were telling me that you were part of a mastermind group. You were telling me some amazing stories, and I was, I. I pride myself on having an abundant mindset, but I left our dinner in Sydney that night and I was inspired, my friend, that um, because, I, you know, I still acknowledge that there are definitely beliefs that I have that limit my own potential and there is a worldview that I have of where I sit in the world. And you were telling me some stories that just melted my mind and I was super impressed with how abundantly you think about the world um, and I just wanted to acknowledge that and maybe see if you could talk to that for a few minutes. Thanks. Um, can you remind me of any of the specific things we were talking about? Uh, there was something you were telling me I'll a story. Take that on the back, you, were, <laughs> <laughs> you were telling me a story about your experience in the in in Vegas. Oh yes. Okay. This is about uh, the nightclub from memory. That that'd be the one. Uh, is this no. This is the one where you got no. dropped out in the middle of the desert and uh, and um, you were left in the middle of the desert and told you had to find your way back. In, oh uh, yeah. Okay. So that was uh, that was part of an uh, an event that I was um, I was attending where. One of the things that we were taught at, at that specific event was urban escape and evasion. Mm, okay, so this it. is something that gets taught a lot in the states. Not doesn't really happen here in Australia <laughs> no, it too much. No. The idea is uh, you get kidnapped and then the shit hits the fan, and what are you going to do, right? Uh, and there were people there, ex special special forces, ex CIA, these pretty crazy high level dudes, and they <laughs> to teach you they ha- you have to go through it. So. They grabbed us, pillowcase over the head, zip tied behind the back, handcuffs, a little bit of waterboarding going on, you know, where is the rebel base, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so you you freak out and then slowly you get inoculated to those experiences and they teach you how to break out of zip ties and pick handcuffs and pick locks and and do all this kind of thing. And then at the end of the training, they – they ambushed us, kidnapped us, the whole deal again, the handcuffs, the zip ties, the pillowcase, in a van, drove us. We were getting tasered the whole time and interrogated, dropped us in the middle of nowhere and said, you've, you've got a certain amount of time, it might have been an hour, to get a ridiculous distance from here to there, back into this hotel room. Along the way, you have to procure weapons, food, transport, um, and cash. And you're not. You, they also take your phone and your wallet and anything that you've got of any value. And if you don't make it, you get caught and dropped twice the distance out of town. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, the whole time you've been hunted by bounty hunters. Okay. So the pressure's on. And what you realize under those circumstances is um, we are capable of so much more than we ever thought possible. I was able to do crazy things. Like I'd, I'd just walk up to taxi drivers. I got a taxi to take me and three friends for free all the way across Vegas. I mean, you ever tried to get a free ride from a taxi driver, let alone in Las Vegas? It's pretty impossible. We got free food in one of the uh, one of the casinos. 
we were people were giving us um, giving us cash left, right, and center. We got sec- security guards to give us orange vests and clipboards so that we'd blend in walking through. It was incredible stuff. Didn't get caught, which was really cool. Wow! And you go through an experience like that, and then you come home. Everyday life's not scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, making that sales pitch, it, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get tased. You're not going to get waterboarded. You know, so. Um, these kind of things expand your, the the limits of what, for me, what I believed was possible for myself. Yeah? And you actively go looking for these types of experiences, though, don't you? You only live once, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a fascinating. It's a it's a fascinating mindset, and uh, and I can say I, I, I did come away from our dinner, and I was I was highly inspired, and uh, and was just challenging my thinking again, and and sort of thinking about. You know what are the limits that uh, I'm placing on myself, even subconsciously without knowing it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just wanted to close that loop and thank you for that conversation, man. It was truly inspirational stuff. Yeah, I had a great time too. It was that was a really good night. Yeah, awesome. Hey, Nick County, where can people get in touch and learn more about you and 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 get involved in your journey? Yeah, mate, we've talked a lot about uh, imposter syndrome and uh, self sabotage, and I knew from our previous conversation that that's the kind of thing that comes up a lot for uh, your people. So I wanted to do my bit as far as I can to help solve those problems. So I've gone ahead and put up um, some freebies for people if they'd be interested in checking it out. You go to epicnlp.com, so e p i c n l p.com forward slash elevation. And on that page, what you're going to find is you can just give me your name and email address, opt in for something called the self-sabotage solution, right? So what this is, is it's an infographic or downloadable uh, with five steps to overcoming self-sabotage. There's also one of the techniques, actually the tech specific technique that I talked through earlier, it's called resource anchoring that you can use my voice running you step-by-step through the process to build these buttons for yourself that trigger the states that you want to be in, like instant confidence. And then so that it all makes sense, there's a two-hour training video um, where I was flown in to speak to a high-level mastermind and teaching this stuff over three hours, and we edited it down down to two hours, runs you through the science and psychology of how this all works so that when you come to use the technique, you understand my approach and it's not just woo-woo and law of attraction and stuff like that. It's actually based in solid science and psychology. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. That is epicnlp.com slash elevation to uh, get those resources and that video. Thank you. That's very generous of you, Nick. And uh, this has been, and I, I suppose uh, reaching out to you on LinkedIn or Twitter is uh, is probably the, the usual usual outlets as well. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's all Nick County. You can find me on uh, any and all of the above. Perfect. Thank you very much for spending some time with us and for giving us some amazingly practical advice that I know our audience are just going to love and uh, wish you all the best for the future. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Troy. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. Remember, that link to download the infographic and the training video from Nick is epicnlp.com slash elevate. That's epicnlp.com slash elevate to get those freebies. And a big thank you to Nick uh, for very generously giving those resources to our community. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe at iTunes. You can find that at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or for you Android users, you can also get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash stitcher. Uh, We put out a live show onto Facebook every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock Sydney time, so that's late afternoon if you live in America, and uh, you can find that at wpelevation.com slash Facebook. And also, for some of you, you may not realise, we have a free Facebook group where we put a lot of training and resources around running a consulting business providing creative services for your clients. So whether you're a photographer or a web designer or an SEO or a copywriter or a videographer, you'll find a bunch of resources in that group. It's called the Digital Mavericks Group and you can find it at wpelevation.com slash dmgroup wpelevation.com slash DM group. Look forward to seeing you in there. Hey, I'll speak with you again very soon on the podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Elevate.